If you have your Bible this morning, I'd like you to go ahead and turn to Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. And then we'll be in Romans 10.17 just for a moment. Both of them are classic scriptures. You know, sometimes we, we just really need to focus on the basics. And, and I've been preaching on faith the last few weeks. And, and sometimes we think about faith as being this mystical power that some people possess and some people do not, but that's farthest thing from the truth. Faith is a, a tangible force that can change your life. And for most of you that are here today, it has probably already changed your life. Of course, you just know Ephesians tells us that we at one time we were children of wrath, which means we was children of judgment because we didn't have a Savior yet. So we was standing in a place where God was going to judge us for every, everything that we had done wrong. Well, praise be to God because of God's grace and your faith. Now, possibly, hopefully, you are a child of God. So your faith has already changed your life. But let me tell you, I think it was last week I mentioned that many times believers consider uh, faith as something that we do once in a lifetime. When we come to the, when we kneel or kneel in the presence of God or, or you know, we, we focus on God and receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. But sometimes we think that that's where it starts. But we looked at scriptures that shows that that shows us from start to finish, God wants us to live by faith, right? So if you've got your Bibles, Hebrews eleven six, Hebrews eleven six, a classic scripture. And this is small print today, so I don't know if I've got enough light up here or not, but I think I do. I don't know why I grabbed this Bible, but I did. Hebrews eleven six. And this one here, this is, the, uh, this is a New Living Translation. Lots of good translations out there. So I encourage you to find one that you understand. Because I'll tell you what, if God can change you from being a, from a sinner to a saint, he can have the translation that you read, he can get it inside of you, okay? If you'll stay focused on him and you'll read his word and focus on him, he will bring understanding to you. How many believe that God is powerful enough to do that? Well, I do too. Hebrews eleven six, and it says, and it's impossible to please God without faith. You know, I talked last week, I talked about how much joy that I get as your pastor to see the blessings of God being manifested, not only in our, in our young people, but in the families and marriages. It brings me great joy to see the congregation walking in the things of God, whether it's forgiveness or the joy or whatever the case may be, it brings me great joy. And I, and I mentioned that as grandparents, we want the best for our children, right? We do. And as parents, we want the best for our children. And even I even asked the, the young people, and they want the best for themselves. Go figure that. You know, they even want the best for themselves. And we all get great joy when we see people being blessed. Well, just think how much more God is, feels blessed 
when his children trust him and believe him and walk in his favor. Just think of how much joy that brings to him. Let me read it again. It says it is impossible to please him without faith. Faith is when we, when we say, God, I believe what you tell me. Faith is whenever the God's written word says one thing and the situation around us says something else and we choose to believe what God said instead of the situation around us. I'm going to sit down. <laughs> you see, there was a, did you just get that? Because see, we have to, we have to start recognizing You know, sometimes milk is good. I swear, my man Ori, I don't know where he's at this morning, but he could live on milkshakes. And most churches are the same way. I could live on hot fudge Sundays with pecans. I could live on those, but you know they're not good for me. They taste good, but they won't make me grow up. They won't strengthen me. They won't put muscle on me, right? And see, that's the way a lot of the things of God are, you know, they're really good to talk about and they're good to learn about, but sometimes we have to talk about the things that'll put muscle on us. Sometimes we got to talk about things and learn about things that will help our relationships, that will help our finances and, and help, help our young people and our, and our parents and, and our grandparents, and that's why we're talking about faith this morning because if you think that faith is something that you did a long time ago and you don't need it anymore, you have completely missed what God says about faith. Amen. The scripture says from start to finish we shall live by faith. The scripture says the just shall live by faith. Let me bring a little understanding of that. The just, it's just as if we had never sinned because of the Jesus Christ. So the just, just as if you had never sinned, we should live by faith. That means, you know, uh, I used to, for several years, we were signed up to automatic giving uh, for, our, for our tithes. But then I realized, you know, I really, I really missed not exercising that faith and putting, that, putting, that, putting my tithe into that offering plate. I missed that. And I felt like, you know, well, I, you know, I'm still giving and all, but I'm not sure if I'm actually exercising and, and releasing my faith when I give. Can anybody relate to that? Absolutely. You know, and the fact the Bible even tells us, don't just give haphazardly. Because if you just give haphazardly, you're not giving, you're not extending your faith when you give. So in every area of our life, I'll tell you what, grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads, uh, I'll tell you, if you want to be in faith, pray over the young people in your household. Because that takes faith. It takes faith to pray over them and ignore that they got home at 2 o'clock in the morning. And it takes faith to talk to that devil and tell that devil you cannot have my child, or you cannot have my grandchild, but you ha they have been marked for the kingdom of God, 
and they are a child of God, and I am a child of God, and they're a child of God. Amen. You see, sometimes we got to, you know what Jesus did in, 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 in uh, Matthew 4? He spoke to the devil. He spoke. He didn't just wish. He didn't go twinkle, twinkle, leave me alone. No, he spoke the word of God to the devil. And that's sometimes we've got to do that. Hebrews eleven six it says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then notice this, what it says. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that God exists. Well, most people believe that a God exists. Well, it's not talking about a God. If you'll notice here in the scriptures, it's a big G. That's talking about the God that created heaven and earth. The God that the Bible is talking about. Not the other thousands of gods. When we went to Israel, that we went to one place and there was a, a big stone wall and there was little cubby holes all over that man had, had cut and drilled into this wall. And so there were cubby holes everywhere. And every one of those cubby holes represented a different God. So we have to decide what God are we going to serve? And that's what faith does. Faith narrows in and ignores all the other gods that can be in the world. And it focuses on the God of the Bible. Let me, let me read that. Anyone who comes to God must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. A rewarder. Let me tell you what, what this scripture is talking about, a rewarder. It's talking about someone that keeps a promise. In other words, a rewarder. God says, you do what I say, you follow me, you, you follow me in your life, and I will keep my promise. Amen. It's true. Amen. But see, the problem is, and we're eating steak today, you might have to chew on this a while, okay? But the problem is, in this world that we live in today, in America today, we don't like to do that. We like to do our own thing. We like to have our own agenda. Well, let me check my schedule. I don't know if I can go to church this Sunday or not. Let me check my schedule. Let me check my schedule and see if I can have time to read the Bible tomorrow. See, we have our own agenda and you will never walk in faith and, and bless God and God can never bless you if you don't follow him instead of following your own agenda. That wasn't in my notes. That's, as they say, that didn't cost you a dime, okay? Didn't cost you nothing, but it's true anyway. But see, in America today, we have our own agenda. We don't want to talk about yielding and, and, and submitting to your husbands. And, and uh, we don't like, the husbands don't like to be told how to love their wife. I know how to love my wife. No, you don't know how to love your wife. It, I don't know how long it took me to figure out how to love my wife. But the Bible tells us how to love our wife. Amen. So we must believe that he is I like to put it, we must believe that he is who he says he is. All right? We got to believe that he is who he says he is. Now, here's the problem, is that we don't know, most of us don't know who he says he is. We just don't know. 
The, the statistics show that the, that the Bible knowledge in America today is at an all-time low. We don't have time for the things of God. We don't have time to focus on him and put him first in our agenda. But you know what? See, God will never be number two. He'll never be number two. He will either be number one or he will not be nothing at all in your life. Simple as that. We all know whatever God does, he's going to be number one. If, I've, I've heard it even said, if God plays a round of golf, his score will be 18. Because any time he puts the tee down and he hits that ball, it's going to go in the hole. He'll never score a 19 in a round of golf. He will always be number one, and he has to be number one in our life if we want him to be active at all. Now, we might get a crumb or two. Remember what last week we looked in Matthew 13, 58, where, where, the, where the scripture says that, that Jesus, you know, he went around all the territory, all the territory, healing all of them that were oppressed by the devil. See, that tells us who oppresses people, the devil does. Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed by the devil all over the territory. But then when he went to his hometown, he could do no mighty works there. And the scripture says, because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. Now, see, I don't want to get to heaven and just barely squeak in and have a little old dinky room in the corner. Do you? No. I want to, when I get, when I get to heaven, I want to have, uh, I want to have gold and silver and things to take, not for my sake, but things, gold and silver and riches that I can take and lay at the foot of Jesus. Is there anybody else that wants to do that? You know, when the three wise men, they call, them, they call them wise men, and they was wise men because they sought Jesus, but they was scientists of the day. They were smart people of the day. They was, when they were going to, in a, in a place to, to meet royalty, the, the king, the future king, baby Jesus, when they went to meet him, they brought myrrh and frankincense and gold, Right? They brought things and laid at the feet of baby Jesus. So my goodness, when I get to heaven, I want to make sure I've got something to lay at his feet. And the only way we'll do it is by following him and knowing his word and understanding his word. I truly believe that one of the problems in the church today is that we try to understand, understand God and we try to decide what his will is without reading his word. We try to stir up faith a lot of times without reading his word. When the scripture says, Romans 10, 17, a classic scripture, you probably know it, I know it, and it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where faith comes from. So, so if you want to stir up faith inside of you, read the word of God. But it has, to be, it has to be done on a regular basis. If you want things to change in your marriage, read the Word of God. If you want things to change in your children's life, read the Word of God. Because it'll stir things inside of you that you have never had stirred before. It will take you places that you've never been before.
Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know what? The crowds always get quiet when you ask them to do something. Yeah. They do. They always get quiet. Nobody wants homework, do they? You guys haven't changed since you was in high school. <laughs> Hebrews 11 is full of ordinary people. It's considered the hall of faith, or you might say the hall of fame of faith. It is full of ordinary people just like you and me. They made mistakes. They, they sinned. They fell short of what God wanted them to do. Ordinary people just like you and me. But you know what else they did? They also done great and mighty deeds in the name of the Lord. Ordinary people just like you and me that loved their God and wanted to serve God, but they still sinned and they still fell short. Now there's one little, there's several threads that you will, that you will see that are ties these names together when you read through Hebrews 11. And one of them is any time that they fell short and they sinned, instead of running away from God, they ran to God. A number one trait, any time you, you mess up and you disgrace yourself or the church or anybody else, run toward God. He's there waiting for you. He's wanting to, to, to receive you and to strengthen you and build you back up and restore you. We see a classic example of that of, of King Saul, Israel's first king. God, God chose this man. To be Israel's first king, he was tall and he was handsome. And if you looked at him in the natural, you'd say, that guy looks like a king. He had everything going for him. And God had called him and chose him to, to lead Israel and to be their first king. But you know what? He got distracted. He got to looking at the things around him and his position and he got to a place in his life where he didn't need God no more. Long story short, he failed as a king. He failed as, as being a representative of God. He failed. Ended up going to, to a witch to, to tell him what was to come, to read his future. His relationship had sethered so much that he didn't even know the voice of God anymore. He didn't even seek God anymore. And that can be an illustration of, of us sometimes. You know, when we, when we feel that God has something for us to do, but we get farther away and farther away and farther away. And then you have individuals like, like King David. That, that, that messed up time and time and time again and fell into an adulterous situation. I won't say he fell. He walked into an adulterous situation. So he was an adulterer and he was a murderer and he was a liar. He was all of those things. But when he got to where he had made those mistakes, he ran to God. And God welcomed him back in and, and strengthened him back in. We could talk about 
about Abraham, Father Abraham. And yeah, he was, he was a great man of God, but he wasn't always a great man of God. You know, him and his wife, Sarah, they took off uh, on a journey and they, they come to a situation. And of course, Sarah was very beautiful and, and, and he lied. He told all of them that she was his sister because he thought they would kill her and take her if he told them the truth. You see, Abraham didn't always trust God. He, he, many times he fell short of trusting God, just like us today. But what Abraham did do, after he had made his mistakes, he turned and went back toward God. And he didn't quit. He was determined to, to follow God. He was determined to continue on with his faith. He was, he was determined to continue to build the faith that God had put inside of him. Oh my goodness, if we could get a hold of that this morning, church, to have a determination, no matter whether we fail or whether we sin, to have a determination that when, when we get up, that we are not going to quit. We are going to continue on building our faith and doing great things for God. If we could determine that, we'd be so far ahead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, another trait we see in these ordinary people in Hebrews 11 is that they, were, they built a foundation that would support them. They built a relationship with God and, and they never stopped building that foundation to support them. You see, our faith will never be any bigger than our foundation. Let me tell you when you build your foundation is those quiet times at night before you go to sleep or that early morning time before, be, before you start your day and you open the word of God and you read it or, or, or your lunch hour at lunch hour whenever you open the word of God and you spend 20 minutes reading the word of God. That's when you're building your foundation. That's when you're determining how far and how much you're gonna do for God. That's when you're determining how much and how active you're going to allow God to be in your life and in your family's life. It's when you build that foundation. Now, see, uh, foundations are interesting. You know what foundations are? Foundations are, are, are big uh, concerning a building. It's a big footing, that concrete footing that goes around a building, and it keeps it from going like this. All right? But see, uh, in normal times, a foundation... Isn't that important? The first year, the first two years, the foundation might not be that important. But after time goes on and the, the winds of this life and, and the winds blow and the storms fall, that's when you find out what your foundation is like. That's when you find out whether you've got a foundation that will hold you for a lifetime or whether you have failed to build the foundation that you truly need. So build your foundation based on the word of God and when you do that, faith will rise up inside of you in the least expected times in your life. The least expected times, faith will rise up inside of you. You know when it'll rise up inside of you? When you need it. When you expect it the least but you need it the most. Amen. 
Amen. Ordinary individuals. Ordinary individuals that did great things for God. You know, God still uses people like that, you know. God still ministers to people like that, you know. We all know that God is in heaven and Jesus is at his right hand, right? But the Holy Spirit is here upon this earth with us. And he's not just here upon this earth, but he's inside of every believer sitting here today. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Well, guess what? The message comes from the throne and goes through the Son and goes to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you and show you the work that he wants us to do here upon this earth. You see, God's got something for you to do. Maybe you've heard before that God has a plan for your life. That's not just a cliche. God has a plan for your life. You see, you have friends that need to be touched. You have friends that need to know about the love of God. You have friends that maybe even need a, need a, a, a set of clothes bought for them or some school supplies bought for them. Ordinary people that God used in a mighty way. Raise your hand, everybody. Repeat after me, it could be me. See if you can do this. It will be me. You see, that determines up to you. I'll tell you what, I just want you to join me with a fervency that when we, when, or, when uh, members of Orchardville Church get to heaven, that they have gold and silver and, and priceless uh, Things that we can take and lay down at the foot of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise him if you'll come, please. Everyone stand and bow your heads with me, will you please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today. Father, I just pray, Father, you can take these, these words and minister to the people's hearts, Father, and let them take this word with them. Let them soak upon these words this afternoon and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Let them seek you this week, O oh Lord. Let them follow you and let them open your word and build their faith, build the foundation that each and every one of us need. Help them, Lord, build a foundation that will support the things that you have called them to do. Help them build a foundation that will support their family and their relationships and everything else. Heavenly Father, we just praise you and we worship you. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a prayer. Before I do, is there anybody here that's never received Christ, your Lord and Savior? And you have a, and you feel the Lord pulling upon you and wooing you and you're, you just know there's something not quite right in your life and you're just not sure what, but you've never received Christ. Let me tell you what, that Jesus Christ is the answer to your problems. He will lead you into victory if you'll only follow. Is there anyone here today? Raise your hand if I... Every head bowed, every eye closed. Raise your hand high if there is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you today. 
for all that you do. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your precious son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.